Hey, everybody, welcome back to the next podcast on your playlist. Oh, yeah, we're back again, and we're ready to do it. And you know what we like to do at the beginning? We like to dance. We like to dance. Even our guest, you got to dance. Just a head nod. Right? Just for a little bit. Here we go. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the whitest podcast yeah. in America, <laughs> yeah. right here. If you can't tell, we can dance. <laughs> we cannot dance. Well, let's bring our guest in here. Uh, before I bring you in, let's just, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Michael Gray. This is Riley Kilbride. We're your hosts. Yeah, buddy. And our guest today is Jacob Fasig. Jacob, how you doing, man? Man, living the dream. Did you dance at all just then? You know. I didn't have you on screen, but... Uh, yeah, we blacked I, out I, during our dance. That's funny. Well, I did. Um, but there was one part like the audio kind of stopped and then like sped up to keep catch back up again. Uh Right. And I was like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do there. That's our uh, EDM mix. So you actually got a remix. Yes. So for (laughs) just to let you know, Jacob Fasig is a a guy that I've known for a long time. He is a podcaster himself, the host of the barbell voodoo podcast. So if you were wondering why his voice is just so perfect for radio, that's why he has a lot of practice. Yep. Uh, my voice face. On this guy. Yes. And Jacob is also someone who has had a very long term, long term impact on me. I've talked about this on past episodes, but he's the reason I ever got involved in CrossFit to begin with. When I started uh, exercising again, I just w- looked on the internet for, you know, people who were trying to get fit by 40 and I got in touch with him. He inspired me. I saw him doing CrossFit and I was like, dude, I can do that too. So Jacob, you've been a big inspiration to me and I definitely love having you on. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. This is a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while. I know we've even talked about doing a competition together at some point, but you know, you live in Tennessee and we live in Phoenix. So it's kind of hard to get us together. Well, maybe give me, give me a little time and I'll fly out there. Let's do, let's we'll do, do one. Jacob, are you born and raised in Tennessee? I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's not very, uh, very common anymore. Like Not a native. Yeah. You'll ask people here in Arizona where they're from and they're always from somewhere else. Yeah. The Nashville has grown exponentially, like something like a hundred people move here a day. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people, a lot I feel of like California there was people move like out two here. cities that really exploded during the pandemic. That was Austin and Nashville. Everyone moved those <laughs> two places. Have you seen anything like huge growth or change? Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, like we, we have, we're living in a new subdivision, um, that we moved into four years ago. And then like behind us is all being built. It used to be just woods. And so all around us, there's, there's houses being built everywhere. The housing market is ridiculous. Like my house is worth twice as much or is selling for twice as much as what I paid for it right now. <laughs> it's not worth, it's just selling for that much more. Right. It is not worth that. But so maybe by the time I move, it'll be actually worth that one day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. The problem is you can't sell it now because then you have to go buy a house. It's way overpriced to move into. So. Yeah. Same thing's happening here. Same thing happening here. It's crazy. Yeah. You said, uh, it, Austin and Nashville, but Phoenix is one of those Phoenix places too. too. There's tons of people mm-hmm. moving out of other places to come here. You a big country music guy? No. Oh, wow. So you live in the <laughs> capital. Like that's like country music capital is Nashville. And you're like, no, nah, man, like, not at all. It's not just country music. It's just like a music capital. Well, now, right. Yeah. I mean, I like country music. Like, um, you know, there's, there's, people I would listen to, but like growing up here, I mean, it was just, it was just a thing, man. Like, um, so it, it just, it's not something I'm crazy about. Like, I think people that live away from Nashville, like country music more than people in Nashville hmm. because it's always accessible to us. That's like, a it's hot like, take. It's not a That's big a deal. Hot take. Yeah. So what kind of music do you like then? If it's not, so not country so much. Uh, yeah. The standard answer is usually just whatever I'm in the mood for. Like I, I literally listen to everything. Um, like when people come work out in my gym, um, like I, I often will forget to put music on if I'm coaching. Mm. And so if somebody says something, I'm like, cool, go over there and like pick out whatever you want. Like, I, I just don't, I don't care. Um, but it's whatever I'm kind of in the mood for. Sometimes like if you sat in my car, um, you'd see XM channels like, uh, you know, the Frank Sinatra channel, you'd see like Garth Brooks channel, you would see, you know, hall of fame channel, like all these crazy things, like, ring the bells or hip hop, the bells, something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, LL cool J station. Oh yeah. You know, so it, I mean, it's just a wide range of just whatever I'm wanting to, to listen to. That's really me too. I'd like, I have a wide 
view of things I like to listen to. It just t- depends on my mood. So, so Jacob, if mm-hmm. we're doing like a one rep max squat or deadlift or like a big lift, like what's the one song that will take you to the? He already told you, level? Sinatra. No, but like one song. That <laughs> I like, did it my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so ne- you, Riley, just keep in mind you you open this can. Yeah. Um. So I I'm I'm a I don't like to play music when I train. Oh wow, you're Miko um, Salo because huh? I. It's kind of like uh, David Goggins. Like he he has this thought, and this is not where I got it from. I had it before he started talking about it. But like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to depend on somebody else to get me excited. Um, and so if I'm walking up to a barbell, if I'm competing or whatever whatever's happening, I don't want to be. My performance shouldn't be contingent on what's 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 happening around me. It ought to be what's happening in, internally. So I, I typically, you know, if I'm going to train by myself, especially which is most days I work out by myself, is um, the music's very low if it's on at all. So if, if the music is on, is that distracting to you? Or are you just like, you can no. tune it out because you just don't, it doesn't matter I, to you. Yeah. I don't hear it anyways. It, the only time I hear it is if I'm transitioning or resting. Um, and then I'll start dancing and then I'm distracted. So what about you, know, Michael, whatever. your, your go-to song? But here, you listen to like the Matrix soundtrack. You listen to the weirdest music while you work I like, out. You know, I totally, <laughs> I totally love music from movies. You have like movie soundtracks. I love that. But to work out, like Metallica is my thing. Like that, something mm-hmm. hard and heavy. But here's, here's where I disagree with you. Like I hate the sound of my own breath, especially if I'm like running. If there's running workouts, I've got to have something in my ear. Otherwise, I just hear the life being <laughs> sucked out of me every step of the way. So I have to just drown that out somehow. Yeah. Mm. See, I think running's the best time to not listen to anything. I like running it's in just, silence, but but working out, uh, I definitely have to have some type of like meth- like you know melody or rhythm to kind of cadence myself off of. If I had mm-hmm. to choose one, it'd probably be uh, "Bad Romance" by Lady Gaga. That's why that song is on our playlist at the gym. Oh yeah, come yeah. on, that's not a bad song. It, it builds you up, and then you can just ride that wave all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry you came on this show. I'm embarrassed <laughs> now. <laughs> No, man. And I'll take it. I'll man, some taste way. You can put that on. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't mind yeah. too, but variety is important for me. If I'm coaching for four to five hours, we got to mix it up. We can go country. We can go old school rap. We can go, you know, alternative rock, but mm-hmm. it can't be the same playlist for five hours. I'm like, I'm oh, going to no, go no. nuts. Jacob, do you just think inside your head or do you just get everything out and you're just kind of in the zone? Like what, what happens in your head when you don't have music? Oh, I'm constantly playing mind games to myself constantly talking to myself like it, it, it you know because your your mind quits before your body needs to and, and so it's constantly doing that battle of you know just stop just take a break and i'm like man f you like i'm not <laughs> taking a break like i can do three more reps like and so it's constantly that battle and, and i think it's it's a healthy battle um because our, our emotions are liars and so a lot of times we're just you know trying to defeat ourselves as opposed to just pushing through and seeing what you can really do so this is where we talk about Simone Biles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. I'm not getting into that at all. Jacob, tell us Dude, a little bit I, about your gym. Do what? Tell us a little bit about your gym in Tennessee. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we opened at the best time possible two years ago. Um, and so <laughs> yeah, six right? months in, we, uh, we all got, we got shut down. Um, but it's going great. Um, I, I love it. I've been there. Um, you know, part, part of the good thing about all the COVID mess is that it put me in a position to be there more, um, you know, losing my main gig. And so, um, I've enjoyed that these last two weeks, honestly, have been probably some of the best two weeks I've had in a, in a very, very long time. Um, just being there, working out, seeing people, you know, seeing people's lives change. Um, I mean, that's the whole reason me and my partner got into this is we, we love so much helping people. And, and, you know, make their dreams come true and all those things and, and help push through those negative self talk and all the different kind of things that people deal with on a daily basis. And your gym's name so we can plug it. Oh, it's yeah, it's CrossFit Donaldson. OK, so um, any of our, so, our listeners out there in Nashville, Tennessee, before you go get yeah. crazy on your bachelorette or, <laughs> or bachelor party, go get a workout in. <laughs> Yeah, so we're the closest gym, probably to the airport. I think. Um, well, there's one more that might be might be closer, but it's it's the area of town where you're not going to go stay if you come to Nashville. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just not like. Um, so flip, we get we get a, a few, few tires and then um, leave. Yeah, but we're not downtown, you know. Okay. So, so is it a pretty so, uh, pretty competitive space? Is there a lot of gyms per like in that area, or is it? 
So in Donaldson, um, which is basically um, like a suburb of Nashville, um, it's where the airport is. So if you flew in, you've been to Donaldson. Um, we're the only CrossFit gym in Donaldson. Nice. Um, but the, all around us, there's there's other ones in other little suburbs. Going towards downtown um, is a pretty good break until like CrossFit East Nashville, which is a tiny little gym that that hosts a few uh, you know CrossFit athletes that train there. So how far away <laughs> is uh, Froning in them? Oh, mm, maybe an hour. Okay. Uh, I think maybe less. I mean, Cookville's not very far. I've been there quite a few times. Well, they say something's in the water up there. If you if you live up there and drink the water, you get like really fit. So I was wondering if that's the same water sewer or like maybe you guys are drinking that down there in, in Nashville. Uh, yeah, it may be our backwash, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, whatever they're doing down there, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So do you yeah, spend most of your time pretty, at the gym? A, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it's a pretty great gym. Um, when I went there to take my L1 a few years ago, um, I got I knew members there. And so I got to stay at a friend's house and go to some of the member member stuff. Like they had a they had a big party one night and and got to talk to everybody there. But like the gym atmosphere is, is really, really cool there and, and nice and welcoming. Um, just like any other CrossFit gym, um, it, it's, it's, it's sad that like people don't get that experience. Like they have like a million drop-ins a day that might be less than they have. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but they have people, people in there all the time, but you, you don't get that whole experience just dropping in for a workout. Um, but it's, it's just a ginormous gym that looks like all the, every other CrossFit gym I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, well, I think at, at that gym, you, they have, have to be almost overly nice. Like, cause mm-hmm. everyone wants to go there. It's like a destination. I've been to, Crossing Invictus, and that's kind of how it is. Like everyone goes there as well, so they're like overly kind of hospitable. So it's always good. Yeah, yeah. Do you spend most of your time at the gym right now? I know you said you had another job before um, that. You know, all this, the, the quarantine, all kind of took that away from you. Like, what what do you spend yeah. most of your time doing right now? Uh, yeah, half of my day I'm at the gym um, each morning. Um, I don't do the 6 a.m. class, <laughs> but I'm there for, I coach the nine o'clock class and then stay for open gym. That's usually when I work out. So if people come, they, they work out with me or do their own things. Um, and then uh, I head back home and start working on other things, whether it's the back end of the gym or uh, coaching, you know, um, doing life coaching and things like that. So. Nice. Cool, man. That's yeah. uh, it, how long were you have, did you have to be shut down there in Tennessee? Like did it, I think Tennessee was a little quicker to get back open. Like how long were you shut down and like, what did you do during that time? Uh, yeah, we, we switched to online. Um, I had a zoom account already. Um, and so for us, like we had some transition time before I was gone, um, from the job I was doing. So I had a lot of experience switching over to online stuff. Um, so we just kind of switched over and had zoom zoom calls for a few months um, where people could join those classes and kind of do them virtually for a while. Um, then we had a, quite a few people that kind of, well, maybe a handful, um, which for us is quite a few people, <laughs> um, that, that kept that for a little while longer, um, while others who felt comfortable started coming back to the gym. Um, and we did things like try to keep the garage doors open, you know, try to keep some fresh air blowing through there. And, um, we luckily didn't have anybody that spread COVID in the gym. Uh, we had a few members that, that got it, um, and then we have, we have a couple that just are getting over round two of having COVID. Jesus. <laughs> um, so I don't know what they're doing, but I wouldn't be their friend. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I was the guy at our gym that kind of took that, like that space over during that time. We were lucky enough to be able to go through some parks and like do like very mm. spread out park workouts. And mm-hmm. I called it my uh, book bag gang as that my zoom class, like we had like stuff in a book bag and we do like thrusters with the book bag and lunges with the book bag. Uh, yeah. I had to get super creative, but it was a skill that mm-hmm. I learned that I was super happy that I was able to do. Yeah. We rented out like a bunch of our equipment. So we had like people that just came by and got stuff to use at home. Um, and so that's kind of how we adapted with equipment. That book bag thing's pretty good idea though. I should have should have called you. Hey, it, it was a trial and error type thing. My wife was one of his uh, most regular customers. Yeah, book back gang for I, sure. I don't, uh, I'm not like <laughs> you in that I, my, my head game, my, my bad voice usually wins. So during the pandemic, I just, I didn't do anything. Heidi was, was working out and then Michael would be like lurking in the background. Like, I see you, Michael. Why aren't you working out? A cupcake. I'm like, oh, that looks tough, Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It, that, that, that was a really hard time, like personally just losing my job and doing all that kind of stuff. Like 
Um, so I found, so <laughs> uh, full disclosure, like I'm on my, my fourth cycle of a weight loss challenge in my life. Um, and when, when big events happen, um, big life events, this will be the, the fourth big event. This last one was the fourth big event for my life. Um, I don't handle those well. Um, and so I can, I've found that I can only like tightly hold on to a number of things. Um, and sometimes I choose bad things to hold on to that don't deserve the attention I give them. Does that make sense? So like, oh, I'm in so the like back work like, should yes, not Lord. be one of those things that I'm like white knuckling outside of the businesses I own, you know, like, um, it's cause I can be replaced tomorrow by, by my employer, you know, at a regular job. Um, but for me, I would pour my life into things like work and things like that. And so like health and wellness kind of would be pushed to the side and then I would just do whatever, you know, like whatever I felt like I would feed my emotions as opposed to feeding my body what it needs. So I'm kind of on the polar end, other end of that. So sometimes I'll go all in. So actually I was, I mean, in the competitive space across it, like everything was that. I lost my, like my mm-hmm. identity. I lost a lot of good like oh. friends and relationships and just wasn't a good even son or a brother. Like everything was into this thing and you lose all of that. Like I was white knuckling CrossFit and like everything yeah. else just dropped to the side. I wasn't, it, yeah, I lost my identity for sure. Well, I had, I had created this. So the, that, that last time the fit by 40 thing was, was like my third big push. And I, it had, I had become a whole thing in and of myself. Um, that after 40, I didn't have the reason to hold on to as hard, if that makes sense. So like, so like you were saying, right, like, like I had, you know, I had sponsorships, I had all these kind of things that were happening with this fit by 40 thing, um, that were amazing, total, total amazing gifts, um, along the way and people and organizations that came alongside of me and it was like, we want to help you, want to help you push. We want to get you there. Um, and it was just a really cool thing that happened. And then, and then 40 hit, um, and I was like, I don't know what I got to do now. Like, I, you know, and I did my last blog post after, after turning 40, I like highlighted all the things that I hit and all the goals that I wanted to hit. And then, um, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. And you know, yeah, you had like this, this goal, this finish line to get to. And once you got there, it's like, what now? I, I was kind of like that. Cause I, I jumped on the fit by 40 train too. And that's when mm-hmm. I kind of got to the, my fittest point. And then I kind of turned 40 and, it's like, hey, what if I eat carbs and fats again? What would happen? I wonder. So, Jacob, in your experience of like when you were speaking about white knuckling things, like when that mm-hmm. kind of doesn't work, obviously something has to give and you, mm-hmm. there's like a backlash of that. What's your kind of strategy to like put yourself back at true north? Yeah, that, that's been a struggle in my entire life. I'm trying to find that. And only recently, I, I think, have I been able to make the mental shift that I've needed to make my entire life? Um, and, and a lot of it has to do around with that headspace. Um, trying to, you know, with the fit by 40 thing, um, I literally worked with a, with a nutrition coach who was awesome in town. Like if you were a CrossFit athlete, this is the guy you, you worked with um, who was awesome. But I had, I had a food prep company that sent me my meals every single day. Um, I I had a protein company that sent me all the product I wanted, you know, like all of these things are just like, we're here, you know, to, to just do. And so for me, like I pushed away, you know, social engagements, like friends, like I didn't want to do any of that stuff because I didn't want to let anything in my life that could possibly knock me off course. And, and so the reality is like, I, I was focused hard on that. Like it was my job. Um, even though like it wasn't paying the bills or my house, like, <laughs> but I had, I had the freedom enough to, to be able to focus on that. Um, and so for, for this, this time around, I think I finally found and and hopefully, I mean, I won't know for another year or so, you know, in all reality, but like, um, but, but every month that I check in, you know, things are going in the right direction. Muscle is gaining, fat is losing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but this time around what, what I've learned about myself is, is, um, is that I want to be able to live my life. Like I want to still go out with my friends on the weekends. Um, and that's like 
42 year old going out. That's not like 20, 30 year old going out. Like, you know, like, <laughs> You're back to the house at nine 30. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to be in bed by 10 still. Um, but like, I want to be able to drink a few beers with people, you know, I want to, I want to, want to sit back with a good bourbon and, and sip on it and not be like, Oh man, how's this going to affect my sleep? And if my sleep's affected. Then how am I going to train the next day? How am you know, this obsessiveness, like I want to live my life. And, and so for me, it's been a lot of, uh, mental battle that's been going on for the last little bit of trying to think of things in terms of, what's going to fuel my body so that I can live the life that I want to live. Um, and, and that was, that was revolutionary for me. Um, so that like, even now, um, when, when I have a weird eating day, um, like I didn't get up and eat my breakfast. I didn't, you know, like I just went to the gym, coached class, hung around, took pictures to use on social media for the rest of the week. And then, um, my wife and I went and had like a brunch, and, and so like that was breakfast. And then, so normally that would be like, okay, well, what are you going to eat the rest of the day? You know, and try to figure that out. And so, um, going back and forth, working on stuff here at my desk today, I would just go down and be like, okay, I just need some fuel. Like what, what am I lacking right now? And so I thought about it and I keep thinking about things in terms of like, what do I need for my body to, to, to do what, what I want it to do. Um, and, and that sounds, I don't know, simple, I guess, but like, it's, it's a completely world change for me. I never would have thought that I'd just been like, I'm feeling kind of stressed, like, Oh, paying bills, making sure the payments that come out tomorrow, making sure we're not double charging. Like that's a stressful thing. Like, I don't want to mess that up. And gosh, is there any like cake or something? Like, can I just get, <laughs> you know, like, well, when um, I was super dialed in and then I've been at times where I've not been super dialed in those, both sides of the spectrum are normal. Like it's okay to have beers with your boys, but it's also mm -hmm. okay to, you know, count macros and measure and have seven almonds, you know, both of those things are, both of those things I, are I in fact never had seven almonds. Well, it happens. You start with it seven. happens. You can start with seven. <laughs> well, both of those things are nutrient dense in like experience and in life. And it's, I think it's good to have both. If you're never like the, yeah. like super devout or disciplined and, you know, I, I like to call it dialed in. Mm -hmm. You don't know the like the the good part of not being dialed in and relaxed and having a good time. The like life like life nutrients, as I want to call it, is like hanging out with your friends and having a good time and having the ice cream, or as our friend Joe would say, eat the freaking cake. Like both of those <laughs> things are like nutrient dense that you need to have both. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I've been doing that lately, and and it hasn't wrecked me because. I have the, I'm giving myself the freedom to do that as opposed to going, man, I'm going to screw up everything. And if I screw up something that it all goes downhill and it all goes to shit and I'm like all of a sudden 400 something pounds. And then, you know, th that's the stuff that used to go on in my head. You know, when I, if I would not eat that meal that was sent to me after I sent them to the meal plan, you know, like I would, I would send this company my meal plan. They would just send me stuff. It was, it was amazing. Um, but if I broke that, like I would go in a tailspin and be like, Oh my God, like I'm off track. Well, well, I might as well screw up the rest of the night, you know, like, and just do that. But now I, I give myself the freedom and I'm like, okay, look, you know, I got a bank of calories. And so like, why don't I just watch what I eat for dinner and then still go out and just not worry about it, you know? So, yeah. And that, that freedom has got to be huge for you. So I, I mean, I know that same, same for me. Like if, if I do one thing wrong, I fall off the train altogether and that's, mm -hmm. That's not a good, good thing at all. Jacob, a yeah. question we like to ask the people that come on here is like, what kind of challenges are you facing in your life recently? Like what's one big thing you've been like consciously working on? <laughs> uh, we are working our tails off for more financial freedom in our life. Um, losing a full-time gig that paid the bills um, was pretty catastrophic for us. Um, and so trying leaning into one, you know, the gym that I own, but also starting a brand new coaching business. Um, shockingly enough, I know this is going to be surprising to everyone listening, but when you start a business, like you don't have like millions of people just ready to like <laughs> run through the door and pay you money. And so like, <laughs> um, so doing that, um, in the middle of a pandemic, um, there's always that thing in the back of my head is like, Oh, if you build it, they will come, you know, like build the dreams, dream stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not true. Um, it takes a, a whole lot of work. And so there's, you know, there's, there's side gig that I'm working and, but there's, 
these things that I get to spend the majority of my time doing that I absolutely love, but it's all, you know, it's all rubbing pennies together, hoping to get a dime, you know, um, you know, even at the gym, we're still a small gym. Um, and we're not going to have probably exponential growth overnight, but like if we could pick up like a two or three members a month, like that would be huge. Um, but that also takes work and, you know, getting people that want coaching from me, whether that's, you know, like one of the things I've added is actually helping people. Like I started having people come to me and be like, Hey, can you help me lose weight? Can you help me get fit? And I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And so like something that I never even thought that I would pursue because I had so much shame built up on me over the last couple of years because of gaining weight back and stuff like that. Um, like it was, it was embarrassing and it, and it limited me and I allowed that to control me. And, but I had people that came to me and said, Hey, can you just help me out? Like, I'm not, I've been plateauing for years. What I'm doing is not working. And we sit down and talk and we work on a plan together and it's, it's been awesome. Um, and so that has been coming out of nowhere. Um, and I've had to add like a whole new thing to my, to my coaching business of just helping people get, get to what, you know, physically what they want, want to be like, you know? Yeah. Plug that, that business too. I think it's Phoenix group. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's phoenixcoaching.works is our website. I'm fixing a, um, I actually made a whole new website. Um, and I'm working on workbooks for people to help. Um, like my first workbook is about, um, kind of unpacking your past and start working through your past. How much time you got, man? Um, how thick is that? How thick is that workbook for me? (laughs) If it's it's probably going to be more than a hundred pages. Nah, it's, it's not too long, but I mean, it's, it's a PDF, so you can print out like it's built around life stages, um, for you to kind of work through. Um, but it's things that I've talked with people with life coaching stuff that I'm like, this would be awesome. If, if someone doesn't want to pay for life coaching, cause they're like, Oh, that's too expensive. Then this is a good entry level thing to, you know, kind of start working on. Um, so anyways, long story short, I'm, I've had to make a new website and start some, um, digital download stuff, but the places that I thought that I, people could pay for that, like don't do digital media. So I'm like, okay, well I got to figure out something else. So it may be another week or two till I get that workbook um, up where people can purchase it. But That's cool. there's what about, about six or seven other ones. What about you, too. Michael? What's something you're a well, challenge you're working on? Um, I, it's kind of everything right now, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, <laughs> It's a, it, Michael's that uh, that dog in the picture with the bars on fire, and it's like it's okay, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you know, Jacob mentions like financial freedom and stuff like that's huge for me right now. Like, we moved into a new house last May, which is a total blessing for us. But like you said, I mean, I could be dropped any second from my job, so I'm trying to do some side work. And how much side work is coming in? Is it going to be enough? You know, that's a stress. And then school's about to start here in Arizona, so we're talking about getting kids new clothes, lunch boxes, everything. And I'm just, I already feel the stress of just the finances. And we're not like, we're not dying right now, but I just, I feel like there's no control. Really mm-hmm. what I'm going through is I don't have control over anything. Like everything is mm-hmm. just not being done well. My eating is not being done well. Um, working out's not being done well. Finances, like I haven't balanced my budget for the next month yet. And You're just white knuckling nothing. I'm, 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 I'm grasping at butterflies and missing every time. And it's, it's stressful. I mean, uh, yeah, same thing. I think everybody else is dealing with, but I just, I'm feeling uniquely like desperate right now, which is kind of strange. Wow. I feel like for me, financial stress is always going to be there. It's always a thing. (laughs) Like I'm just going to accept it and kind of embrace it and surrender to it. And I mean, try to make responsible decisions, but there's always going to be that next thing or the next thing you can't afford or you want. You you buy something more than you can really afford, so now you're trying to get it. So it's this constant like hamster wheel of financial endeavors that you, I feel like you're always going to be chasing. But then they never make you happy, right? Exactly. Like you buy stuff and like, what's wrong with the lunchbox the kids used last year? You we know? just asked it's Jacob how his house was, and he said, it's it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're not grateful for things, but at the same rate, yeah, yeah. I, we're a consumer society, and it's hard to break that habit, just like it's hard to break being a sugar carb eating society. So, mm-hmm. well, and for me, you know, something that I don't know, 42 year old me at this point um, is very picky about what I want to invest my time in. Like I'm very cognizant of like, I got 20 years of work left, you know, or you know, ideally, or I have 40 years of life left. Like, you know, like there's, there's these like really, I mean, there's a finite time that I have remaining Um, and so I'm really picky about what I want to invest my time in. And if that right now doesn't pay, but it gives me life, then I'm kind of okay with that. 
um, because I can go do shipped and make enough to like pay some bills. But like, I really want to invest my time in things that I enjoy and value. That's, that's why everything right now for me, like starting a new business and doing with the gym is, is all about like the most thing I'm passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. Um, and, and it's providing services for people that I so desperately wish I had. Um, but, but I'm able to now, you know, because of my screw ups in life, but, you know, be able to, to just walk along with people, um, in their journey, trying to get them to the place where they never thought possible because they're, they're living a life like you were talking about, Michael, like, like we're all, we've all been there, you know, where you're just running around like a chicken with his head cut off as we call it here in the South. Um, (laughs) and you know, and, and like, they don't even realize that they don't even have a head anymore. Um, but helping them control what they can control, you know, and, and, and the same thing with me, like I can control where I spend my time and I can control what goes in my face. And, um, I try to do a better job of that. You know, that's, that's the goal right now. Where I'm at now is, is I will find a lot of other things to take my time. I need to find mm-hmm. time for me or at least like quiet time or like finding silence. Like there's certain times where I just need to sit and relax mm-hmm. and you know, meditate, read the Bible, things like that, like time for me, even if that's just 10 minutes, like getting mm-hmm. quiet and finding that time is, is like important to me. Now I need to do it. It's almost like homework. Cause I'll like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go to the gym, I'll work out, I'll go to jujitsu, I'll listen to this podcast, watch this show. And, and I, the day turns and I was like, did you stop doing anything at any time of the day? Did you have any moment where you were just with yourself or with your thoughts or anything like that? Or are you just, you know, afraid of that? Because I'll avoid it. Mm-hmm. I will like push yeah. that thing into the closet, try to lock it, make sure, you know, it's not coming out. Yeah, I think for me, one <laughs> of the things that drives me nuts about myself is I am the best planner and uh, I, I know what my life is going to be like at 8 p.m. every night. But at 8 a.m. the next day, I never do what I wanted to do the night before. <laughs> like I have the best intentions for how I'm going to get myself back on track. But then I always let myself down the next day. And then eight o'clock the next day, I'm like, crap, I didn't, uh, okay, tomorrow is going to be my day. And I'm always living in the future and that's not a good thing. So I think I just have to take small things and just, you know, knock out that one thing, knock out the next thing instead of wanting it all right away. You know, you know, what's funny about that is one of the first things I, one of the first programs that I have in my coaching business was something that I desperately needed because I was right there. Um, like I would, I would have phone calls from people being like, Hey, I saw you liked my post, you know, that kind of thing. Like people I knew, um, and they'd be like, Hey, you know, would you like some help in this and weight loss or whatever like that? You know? And, and I would be like, here's what I need. (laughs) And I said, do you provide maybe like a leprechaun that could, I could carry around in my pocket. And when I'm going to make a decision, that's going to put me off track or make a bad decision with, with food, they just punch me right in the nuts. Like that, that's, (laughs) That's what I need. And, and time and time again, friends would be, they would laugh and then they should be like, no, we don't, we don't have that. And so for me, something that I always wanted, even with the fit by uh, 40 journey, you know, all journey and all was I, I never had a strict accountability, um, with anybody. Like I had my nutrition guy that I checked in with every week, but like every day I was left to my own demise and every day, like I was out of control and I had no one going, okay, are you under control? Like, what are you doing today? Are you going to, you know, do the X, Y, and Z? And so some of the things that like, one of the things I do is, is accountability coaching and go, what, what do you, what do you need accountability in? Like, let's have a, you know, let's touch base every day. Um, let's see what that's going on. And so like, yeah, man, I was, I was right. And that's not, I'm not plugging anything. I'm not meaning to plug anything. Honestly, I'm just plug away. We're here for it. Plug away. (laughs) I'm just saying like, that was, that was something that like I was desperate for like just desperate for somebody to just like and and honestly like it doesn't come by friendship like i've i've had best friends that have tried to be my accountability partner i've had especially life accountability not like you know did you read your bible this week you know like not like religious accountability like people love religious accountability like to the point of like wanting to punch people but like church people. Uh, but, but like, but yeah, that was something I, I was really desperate for. And so like, that's what, that's something that I, I knew from the start that I wanted to provide for other people, um, that, that were in that boat. Yeah, that's, 
And do people respond? Like, do you have that now? Do you have that accountability yourself? I know you're providing it for other people. Like that's something you've been able to develop too. Yeah, no, I still don't have anybody, but what I've committed to do is, is, um, like before my accountability was trying to, to honestly be like on Instagram and, and be open and honest about things. My blog was, was my accountability, just putting it out there, getting on a paper. Um, and so what I, what I'm doing right now is just sharing where I am with, with people in my gym. Like I'm putting it on our athletes page, like the, our closed page and just saying, all right, here's my monthly check-in. Here's what's been happening this month. Here's where I am. Like, um, and just sharing emotionally where I am. One of the things that I started that whole blog was, um, because there weren't male voices out there talking about the emotional battle and baggage that, that weight adds to your life. Um, and so I was like, I can't find it. So it's just like accountability. Like I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. Um, because I know I can't be the only one going, man, I'm emotionally screwed up. And, and I know like as a male, like I'm supposed to just punch somebody, <laughs> but like, that's also doesn't seem like the thing I want to do. Um, although sometimes, and as my girls have gotten teenagers, I feel it more, but that's a whole nother story. Um, not, them, yeah, not I, them, know, of course, like yeah, not them, but like the someone boys. else. No, sometimes them, you know, oh, well, it happens. <laughs> I, got a I actually told one of them today. I was like, I really want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> I heard a great quote the other day. I don't have kids. Uh, it was Nikki. Uh, and she was like, the the best parents are the people that don't have kids. So I don't like, I don't throw my, I don't throw my like advice or like what I would do to parents anymore. I just listen and nod. Like I could totally yeah. understand how you feel that way. I don't know, but yeah, I'm shaking my head. It's important to me to be clear in communication <laughs> in my house. Yes. And teenagers have a hard time. They've got mud on their ears constantly. So no, they can't see past their nose and it's not their fault. It's but just, this is like the time where your kids need good dads though. So like stay the good fight, like keep going. Like, <laughs> you know, if you want the honest truth, that's where I feel like I'm the biggest failure right now mm. is in being a dad. And mm. I try so hard to just impart things to my son that I think, and not just, just him, but he's 13. So I really am kind of focusing on him. Like, you know, what, what it's, what's going to be required of you as a man, as a person of integrity. And I just feel like the harder I try, the worse I fail at it. And, you know, I told Heidi the other day, I'm like, I just, it stinks that I work so hard to try to be a good dad. And then at the end of the day, I just feel like I've screwed it up irrevocably. So that's, what's been the hardest for me is parenting because I'm not mm. patient with myself. I'm not patient with them. The whole thing seems a disaster. And I just, am like, eh, I didn't have a great relationship with my father growing up. So that's like trying to coach you guys on, but I had like an exceptional above, like I would say like holographic Pokemon card of a mom. Like she was insane and she was relentless. Like with the things you're talking about, just trying to instill those values and, and like just showing me the way and telling me the way. And, and it worked as, as annoyed. And we were all teenagers. Like it was awful. Like you didn't want to hear anything your parents had to say, but mm the tenacity, the like relentlessness of being a good parent will make that impression on your kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for, for me, like looking back at, at like my, my father and stuff, which we have a super weird relationship now, but um, growing up, what I learned from him was, was never anything that came out of his mouth. Um, like for a time he had a, a home office, he's a CPA and so people would come in and out of, of his office and, and I would overhear them talking. And I learned so much just on how to, how someone should be treated by listening into how my father communicated with people and what he did for people like that nobody would ever know. And like he had some older couples that, that he, you know, would, would speak to and the way he talked to them was just beautiful. And, um, the things he did that, he never had any idea that I could hear, um, was what I learned from the most. Um, and it's also a lot of bad habits that I picked up from his example too, but you know, it's not, it's not what ever a lesson. I don't remember one lesson that he taught except for how to, how to hit in football. <laughs> and, and that, and that literally sent me across the backyard rolling because he, I was like, you do it now. <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> mistake ever. <laughs> he played college football mm. and he, he nailed me and I just went backwards and rolled like a tire <laughs> down a hill. Except now, there wasn't a hill. And now you know what it feels like when you dish that out to someone else, right? <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I constantly, man, I feel you, Michael, like, it's just, 
I have girls. Like I don't, I don't know anything about girls. Um, except I know what boys were thinking about when girls were in middle school and you know, like, you know, I'm, that's what scares me about being a dad is that I know what I was like when I was 13. Yeah, dude. Which is, I'm so glad the internet wasn't that big at that point. It's gross. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, you know, people, people try to pay that compliment, like outside observers, like coming in and being like, Oh, I bet you're a great dad or, you know, you're such a great dad. And I'm like, yet to be proven. Like, you know, the, the proof is when they're 20 years old making the decisions of them, themselves and, and what they decided to do and how they treat people and, um, how they interact with the world. Like, I don't, man, I don't know. It's, it's a crapshoot. I think if we're <laughs> honest with ourselves, like, I think we all know as parents that it is a crapshoot when it comes down to it, because you, it's just like me and my sister, like we were raised by the exact same parents, but like we have completely different lives. Like, so I don't know, man. I don't, I don't Jacob, know if you can we ever just feel become best friends. <laughs> our, our life story sounds so similar. <laughs> I, I'm up for it. That's really my concern too, is I think ultimately it's not going to be up to me. And you know, the, the more I see like my, my 13 year old, he's the kind of kid who's going to have to learn by the hard knocks. And I just don't want the knocks to be too hard because the way kids, the things kids get involved in and teens get involved in now, like those hard knocks could kill them. You know, yeah. uh, it could create a rap sheet, things like that. And it's not like I think he's just a bad kid. Oh, and it can be there forever with the internet. I mean, yeah. and that's just my concern for him. Like I never, we're just different personalities and he's just going to be the kind of kid that's not going to listen to dad and be like, oh, you know, that's, that's wise advice, father. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> when have you ever heard a kid say that though? It doesn't matter. When you have a kid, you're going to think I'm so wise. Why don't they just listen to me? I don't even think I'm that wise, but I'm like, dude, listen, you've, you've got to start developing these habits like in school. Like you can't do the same thing last year when you were not doing well in school and do it, do them this year and expect to get different results. I mean, you, you can't do that. So. All right. All right. I don't know. Pray for me. It's, <laughs> it's will. a big struggle for me. And you know, the more, the more I get frustrated with it, the more I lose patience and the more like, our interactions become more negative and I feel like I'm griping at them all the time. And I just want to enjoy this time. I mean, I saw something on Instagram this week. It said, you only have 18 summers with your kids and this is one of them. Why don't you enjoy it? And I'm kind of like, I haven't, I haven't enjoyed this summer. I kind of want them to go back to school. And it's the first time I've been that way. And it's frustrating to me. It's probably Dude, something with me. That's the reality, man. I, I mean, like I got five and I'm an empty nester, five more summers. Um, and, that's just as heavy as my last 20 or 40 years, like on, on me. Um, and, and I can't wait till they get, I'm done with them being in the house. Like I want <laughs> nothing more than them to be back in school. And I love it. I love it. I, I tell Heidi, this. I actually tell Heidi, I can't wait to be empty nesters and that makes her feel bad. I'm like, no, like I don't want, I don't want them gone. I just don't want them here. <laughs> you know, I want them grown <laughs> yeah. up and having their own yeah. successful lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, here's the thing. And I, and I think a lot of people spend a ton of mental headspace, but also physical space, just trying to control the things that are completely out of their control, you know? And, and, and so it comes down to just making a real short list of what is actually in your control. And it's about the things at arm's length. Right. And so if, if I can reach this, this piece of paper, like this is within my control, um, and, and, but it's, it's me, right? Like I can control me. And so I can do the things that fill me up and I can take care of myself so that I can be the best parent that they they've ever had. And, and also set an example, like, um, like, you know, my youngest is struggling with the exact same things that I struggled with as a kid, like being a, being a big kid and, and not knowing what to do, but not knowing how to ask for it, not being emotionally even present enough to understand, um, that I need to ask or that I need to let people in. Um, like all these things. And I just want to like shake her and change her, but I can't, um, like that's outside of my control. Um, but I can control what I do and and I can, I can make good food choices in front of her and I can make good, you know, decisions on my body and I can make, um, I can invite her along on this journey with me, um, in the, in the road that I'm choosing. Um, but that's about it. Like she, and it's going to suck if she has to go through the same things I did, you know, and, and be that kid in the class and, um, all that stuff that that could probably still start crying over today. <laughs> you know, I, I, I believe though, like, it, I'm caught between 
a rock and a hard place in that I really believe that tough times create good character. And like, I want my kids to have good character, but I don't want them to have tough times, but they have to have tough times to have good character. Like it's a weird balancing act with, with parenthood, because Mm -hmm. if I just shelter him and you know, I'm the lawnmower in front of him mowing down any things, any obstacles that are in his way, he's not going to be a resilient person when he grows to be an adult. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for me to have to, to balance because I want to, I want him to put his feet in the fire a little bit so he knows how hot it is, not just listen to me, but it's hard to watch your kid put their feet in the fire at the same time. And then it's kind of an emotional roller coaster that I wasn't quite ready for. So it's wild, isn't it? Did you ever think you were going to be ready for it though? No, I, I feel (laughs) like, so I was, I was a school teacher for a long time. So I know what it's like to lead young, young people and young minds. And I know what it was like to be a teenage kid and stuff like that. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't know what I was thinking it was going to be, but I'm sure I thought it was easier than it has been. So. I, I just hope that well, you guys... Get, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, here's the audacity that I have. So I did youth ministry for 15, 16 years. Um, like teenagers, I mean, give me any teenager, and like I, I'm fine. Um, like I know how they work, so I know how they think. I'll I know, put them right on a plane. <laughs> yeah, developmentally everything. Okay. Until they started living in my house. And once they're living in my house, I'm like, I don't know a damn thing about teenagers anymore. <laughs> like, it's a completely different bag, man. Like, so like any preconceived notions, like, it's just, it's just not there. Like one of the things that, I mean, I talk with a lot of parents and, you know, I worked in the church for forever up until last, you know, to whatever, August, almost a year ago. Um, and so, you know, there was constantly counseling all kinds of stuff. All the stuff I do in life coaching now comes from stuff I did with people throughout my time working in the church. Um, and, but like, if there was, if there was one thing I would tell every single parent, like the, the ones just fixing to have a kid, I was like, if you remember nothing else, let me, let me just give you two things, like write them down, come back to them later, like wh- whatever it takes. But like, n- number one, you're never going to be ready. Like in any way, financially, emotionally, (laughs) there is no, you are never going to be ready. So like, just get, get past that. Secondly, um, whatever decision you make is the right decision. Just, just take it, whatever it is. Don't play that game of like, Oh, I don't know if that was the right decision, blah, blah, blah. Like, like people, people spend their lives, you know, going through that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, just whatever the decision is like own it. That's your decision. It was the right decision. If it turns out not playing out the way that you thought it would make a different decision if it comes across next time, but like own those decisions, you know, like that, that those two things to me, um, were, were hard, hard lessons. Um, and, and I still have to tell myself over and over again. Well, even from a, just a, an adult owning my decisions is a, is a big thing. That's the, mm-hmm. your decision that you make is the right decision. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Well, I didn't think we were going to get into that stuff, but that's cool. That's I what I like, like. Our people love the like parent talk. We do get a lot of like parental, our our network of people are parents. So yeah. this is the good stuff that they, they listen for. There is. They can only hear me talk about, you know, Brussels sprouts so much and they get annoyed. You know, and another thing too, <laughs> a topic that I love and that I've heard you talk about, it's kind of inspired me to be more open about it is like pornography with men is a huge one. I think there was an episode that, that I, at least one, I'm sure you probably talked about it more than once on your, <laughs> I'm sure you talked about it a lot. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like the, it's, it's just interesting how pervasive it is and how people don't realize what it does to them and what it does to relationships. And that's something that I've opened up about a few times. We had a a podcast with someone named B Evans, who uh, she was as a female addicted to porn too. And that was, it was such an interesting episode just because of how pervasive this is. And uh, that's another thing. Like, would you like to talk about that at all? Because that's been something, not with you personally. I'm just saying like, like, let's talk about like, like let's the talk conversations about you've had along those lines, people don't want to talk about it, but I think those are the things that yeah. we as a society need to talk about. The, the first time I heard a adult woman, I mean, talk about pornography addictions. I literally sat back in the room. She was, and she's actually a, uh, an artist. And so like, I was at this thing in Nashville um, that I was actually going to just hear her play. Um, it was a really small crowd. 
um, a lot of pastors and stuff and church people. And so like, we were just there just to hear her play, um, a set. And, uh, she started talking about this song and about her addiction to pornography. And like, you could have heard a pin drop in the room. And I just (laughs) sat there being like, are you kidding me? Like girls, girls, girls had that problem too. Like, are you, are you kidding me right now? And then, uh, like a few years later, like people actually started doing studies about this and started doing, um, studies about, especially teenage girls and things like that are, or, or, you know, this was 10 years ago, probably at this point when these studies were coming out about how they were the, uh, ones that were taking over the viewing of the boys, like in terms of, uh, of amount of people who, um, watch content online, you know, watching, watching online porn. Um, and that they were, they were overtaking the numbers of the boys even doing it. Um, and so that's, that's been a crazy thing. I don't know if that's people like that that are finally being open about it or, or people, or, or if it's new and catching fire or whatever. I don't, I don't know what that is because I'm neither a girl or, you know, not a girl who's, you know, has any addiction to porn. Um, but like pornography is just in a lot of ways is just as bad as like sugar, right? Like it's stuff that people don't talk about in terms of being a a potential addiction. Um, but they also think it's okay in moderation and and, a little bit too much either can make your stomach hurt too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, either one, like the, the sugar dragon, man, once that dude starts getting fed, like you want it all the time. And there's some people that don't deal with that and that's cool. Um, there's some people that aren't, you know, that can watch porn once in their lifetime and be like, eh, it's not for me. You know, like that wasn't me. I was like, Who, I'd like to watch it that? every that's day. Like, I I've never met any, any guy anyway. Still waiting to yeah. meet that guy. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was a lot, especially in my marriage, like trying to understand that, um, one, my wife is not a porn star. Um, two should not be treated as a porn star and three that those believe it or not are not real relationships that you saw online um which is weird because as a kid like we didn't have online like i would sneak in and find my dad's personal stash um which i don't know i may just added that for the first time if he ever listens to a people um but like you know i'd sneak into his office and find that drawer you know like if i had friends over i'd be like hey I know, oh. I know where something is. Um, and then internet, you know, was, was kind of a thing in college. And that's when the really online stuff really started, you know, for me being a daily habit of, uh, and, and expecting that that was reality. You know, like you could walk up to a girl and be like, I'm the plumber. I'm here to lay some pipe. <laughs> and like, she would just take off her clothes and you're like, uh, why doesn't that it's work, work for me? Literally. Yes. <laughs> well, and now we've gone even past just internet and now it's like, there's a very real possibility that my son could be being sent porn by people he knows of their bodies. Like girls are doing this much more often. And you're just like, Oh man, like that's, that's so uh, such a different well, and world. He could be sending it. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've talked to him. I'm like, dude, you have no idea who you're sending things to like that. When you send mm-hmm. something on the internet, that's forever and they can blackmail you or whatever. Like, just don't do that. But. All right. Let's, let's let me tell my uh, first pornography story. Your first one. Yeah. Okay, go. Remember, all right. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a young lad. I'm not sure the age, but we're at like a, it's like a boy's sleepover. We're all like jumping on the trampoline. And one of my friends comes to the trampoline. He's like, yo, there's something in, in the, in the, like the garage or like in the, what do you call it, the little stuff you have in the backyard that holds stuff? Shed. Shed, yeah, yeah. There's something in the shed you guys got to see. There was a porn shed where you were? <laughs> no. Whoa. No, so there's, there's something. It was almost the, like, the emotion that this kid's like, something was hurt. Like, someone was like, something was physically happening. He's like, you got to see what, what's in the shed, but you can only go by yourself. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why can't we all go in there? He's like, no, no, no. You just got to go in there by yourself and look at it. And I was like, oh, my God. I thought it was like a dead animal. I thought somebody was bleeding out or like, so I was like, all right, I'll go look at the shed. I walked in. And it was just like a, a magazine opened <laughs> to like full frontal. And I'm like, oh, I walked out of there like I had seen a dead body. I was like, don't go in there. Do not go in there. Whatever you do. I was w- probably way too young to even know it was happening. But then like after that, I mean, it was a magazine. Like it wasn't the internet. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know what to- I felt sick. I went home. I was like guilty. I was like, I didn't even know how to like talk about what I just saw. But don't go in <laughs> there. That's just the I, I was like, oh, I did something wrong and I don't want to tell you about it. 
and he can't jump on a trampoline to this day. <laughs> yeah, the, or yeah. walk into a shed. <laughs> the porn shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've ever told anyone that story. So that's good. The internet has it forever now. <laughs> yeah, right. And that it's that, there. that centerfold spread is nothing compared to what you can get nowadays. So yeah, back in my day. Yeah, what is it? Rule uh, forty-two or something like that. Like, if you can think of it, there's porn already filmed about it. Oh, like, man. isn't that isn't that a, isn't that a thing? Like, it's something like rules. Ah, I can't remember. Somebody I, yes. can probably comment I, on it. But. And you know what's what's weird is like there are sometimes like I don't like that kind of stuff, but sometimes I've just checked. Like, there's no way they've done porn with this, and I'll go check Phineas and Ferb or something, and they'll be like. <laughs> I can't believe they just they that. ruin like, everything. People that will just do that kind of stuff. So, oh, there's some there's some sick O's out there. Yeah, and that's one of the things with porn when I when I was into it as much as I, when I was at the height of it, like it got, it went into directions that I was so uncomfortable with, and it was interesting because I would see something, and then the next time that thing didn't bother me as much anymore, and like it it's crazy how many different directions it can go in, and how deep that spiral and that hole can go, and how the more you do it, the more your relationship with, with my wife was just like, why is this not working? Cause like you said, why is she not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the plumber. Why is she not uh, <laughs> having my yeah. whatever? So anyway, like, but don't you think it's inevitable? Like they're going to come, like your parent, your kids are going to come in contact, in contact with that at some point. Sure. It's going to happen. Yeah. And then what? So what it, they do? So what? Like he, he'll see that. Of course he probably already has, but the, thing i need to do is help him understand what that would do to him if that became well, an those addiction. conversations right mm. yeah i mean it's they're it's hard been to like, have hey, with your son <laughs> or your daughter i'm this, sure that's a big one yeah this is a thing that you're going to experience and you know i want you to know we can we can talk about it i'm not going to shame you for it i'm not going to you know beat you down for it but like for me it really knocked me off course and so i don't want that to happen to you so if you ever see it like let's chat about it. You know, like, I mean, that's, that's the conversation over and over again that I feel like it's just like, it probably does nothing, but I'm just planting seeds, you know, just being like, okay, maybe, you know, when this experience happens, they'll be at least be like, okay, let's chat about it. And depending on how I address them on all the other times are, is, you know, kind of sets the tone for the likelihood of them coming back for a conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. We could say that we ended this podcast on a happy ending, huh? Oh jeez! See what I did there? Yeah, that, nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, wow. can I can I make a? I got to tell you something. I have not recorded <laughs> this entire video. I just noticed that I'm such a jackass. So we just get the we got the audio though. Audio's fine. That's fine. I'm sorry. So I oh, just, okay. I, I was like, recorded. yeah. It does. Now it says recording. Hey, oh, you're in the recording. Michael. What, what an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm new to all this. What What do you want from me? I'm sorry. We think nobody wants to see man. my face anyway. So if you're listening on audio, don't go onto YouTube. It's not going to be a video of this. That's okay. <laughs> we have a face for just audio, so that's fine. I just need another failure in my life, so I thought <laughs> I'd, I'd add this one. Hey, well, you know what? This is out of your control. Hey, what's in within Don't the, worry the about computer it. was in yeah, arms length. It's reach in low. arms length, though. I mean, uh, that fits your too late rule. now. Wow. But now it's in the past. Well, so. Jacob, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking with <laughs> us and and really just being a real human with us. We appreciate that. Well, yeah, I try. It's good to actually see you, Riley. I've never seen you. I, I your voice is so familiar to me. Are you unimpressed or impressed? Oh, I love it. I love it. I <laughs> well, no one can see this, so it's should, fine. We should do like a tattoo tattoo show yeah. and just be like. Oh, well, Michael doesn't have, can't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. That's right. That's what I was saying. Huh, well, <laughs> no, yeah, I've heard that conversation. I, I feel like. My, my thing is, is like my tastes change so often. I would just be afraid I would get something that in five years, I'd be like, why'd I get that? What, should, what a stupid thing. Just get a Utah Ute tattoo. You've had that shirt for five years. No, since I've known I, you. I don't like logos. Like I don't want logos on me. Mm, true. Well, so I, I was in that boat. I've always wanted a tattoo and, and I was like, okay, I got to find something that I'm okay with the rest of my life and took years and years. So like I finally just used one of my drawings and took it to the guy and was like, I want this on me, um, because it's mine, you know? And so like you have that artistic side, is there something that you could design that, that you would like to be a part of you the rest of your life? That would be the worst thing for me to put on, <laughs> on myself. I, I 
I really get to the point. I don't ever like something that I've drawn or done after a few years. Like I just, for some reason I'm like, Mm -hmm. Nope, I'm not there anymore. It's just, I don't know. I'm not against tattoos. I would get one. We need to get that workbook and have him unpack his past. Cause I'm pretty sure that has, I know everyone thinks Riley's got the problems. It's me. I've got all the problems. (laughs) We both have a lot of problems that we just, you know, want to share. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. Hey man, you, you really have been an inspiration to me and I'm sorry it's taken us this long to get you on the show and, um, just to have a conversation with you. And I definitely would like to meet you in person sometime. Maybe we'll get a workout, a competition together at some point, but let's get financially yeah. free first so we can, you know, pay, not, not be in debt to go to fly. <laughs> yeah. To yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, you know, as soon as I get down a few more LBs again, um, start competing again, I will definitely just come out there and, and we'll do one. It was nice to meet you, Jacob. Hey man, you too.